Once happiness is gone, it will never return. That's true for anyone. Those are the closing words uh, of uh, Gundam, uh, sorry, G Gundam Episode 8, spoken by Domun Kashu. Welcome to King of Hearts, Queen of Sorrows, my platform for discussing one of my favorite shows of all time, Mobile Fighter G Gundam. I'm your host, Matthew Munoz. I'm an aspiring author and selective enjoyer of anime. So, uh, I talked last episode about how the episodes 7 through 11 comprise an arc I call the acceptance arc. And uh, again, I was really stricken by how powerful the parallels are to uh, the sort of situation that Domun and Rain find themselves in. So, again, I don't like doing episode recaps, but I'll just give the context of the episode in a pretty straightforward manner. Five years ago, Argol Golski crashed into like a police outpost that uh, Andrew Graham and his wife, Norma Graham, were positioned on or posted at. And uh, in the event, uh, Argo jumped out of his ship, um, like in the stern, I think it's the front of the ship, the stern area, where, and if I'm wrong, please let me know, uh, where Andrew and his wife were, and uh, he's standing there in between them, and then she flies away into space and is dead. Um, Argo's gone when um, Andrew wakes up later, and uh, he sees the entire ship, or the station, completely demolished, and his government is telling him that Norma's dead. And years later, he has joined in the Gundam fight uh, because he knows that Argogolsky is a Gundam fighter for Neo-Russia, and he plans on killing him with his own hands, or with his Gundam's hands. Uh, so let's go ahead and do the level one parallel of that, which is that, you know, three, four months ago, whatever it was, um, Kyoji Kashu, Domun's brother, uh, got their mother killed and fled, and uh, Domun has joined the Gundam fight in order to stop him and sort of to take revenge. He's there to save his father, but he's also so hurt about what happened to his mother and... Uh, you know, he's heard about the whole the whole situation. It's very painful, and uh, it's so raw for him, I'm sure. And then towards the end of the episode, you have another reflection or echoing of the situation where uh, Andrew are, and, uh, and Rain are together in, uh, whatever, Grizzly Gundam, uh, and um, they're on the precipice. Uh, they're about to fall, and if they fall, they'll probably die because the Gundam has been torn open by Domun, so, like... Anyway, Domun causes this damage, and uh, he is looking up at them, and he, he can't do anything to stop them from dying. And Argo's there again, and he's kind of faced with the choice of should he stop uh, Andrew from coming after him, or should he do the right thing and uh, save his enemy, his sworn enemy who's trying to kill him, and Rain, who's innocent in the situation. Now, calling back to Mrs. Kashu, her events, or her thing, she was like running towards... Um, Kyoji when she got shot by one of the people who had been uh, hit by like the Dark Gundam's uh, bullets or whatever. Um, one of the, you know, defense force or army from Neo Japan. Um, I don't know that she was, I, I, I characterized her as taking a bullet for her son in a previ previous episode, um, but I don't know that that's so true here. And I don't think it neatly parallels uh, the situation, except for maybe in the f way that maybe she was running to him to stop him from carrying out his plan, and here Rain has joined up with uh, Andrew in order to stop him from seeking his revenge and doing something bad. 
So there is kind of a paralleling here. And um, just like as a writer and as an observer of media, I don't know for a fact if um, this kind of paralleling is sloppy or if it's really uh, deep and profound and more effective. But it's definitely interesting. And I pointed out that there were these kind of multi-layered parallels kind of flowing back and forth between different characters um, in uh, the last episode uh, with Chico and Gina Rodriguez in New Mexico. Um, you know, another thing, I'm confused. The colonies are Neo-America, Neo-Mexico, Neo-Japan. Is that what they also call the people, the countries on Earth? Are they also Neo-this and Neo-that? Because it kind of seems like that's what they call it. They don't call them like Old France and Old Mexico, which I kind of think that'd be cooler, but yeah, it's a little confusing. Some, some of the world building is a little... Um, uh, oblique or like, you know, it's kind of hidden. So it's hard to tell on some things like that. But anyway, uh, I really do enjoy the paralleling and, uh, it's funny, I guess, um, talking about the show like this, um, is really opening my eyes more to like just how good it is. And I guess technically I don't really care if this method of the like multi-layered, um, like non-linear, I guess it's more non-linear. I guess that's that's the point that I'm making. If that kind of paralleling is seen as good by people, because it's seen as good by me, like it makes uh, it makes everything feel more impactful. Um, something interesting that it's, this is a bit of a tangent, so I'll, I'll warn you about that now. I'm pretty sure the uh, the channel is Lessons from the Screenplay on YouTube. Um, they do videos where they analyze screenplays and they tell you the lessons they learned from analyzing them. The guy does. And uh, anyway, he was talking about The Last Jedi and he was talking about um, the narrative, like uh, the narrative drama uh, structure built into The Last Jedi. And he used like nine characters and three of them were principal characters who were faced with a, a challenge. They had something uh, that they wanted and something that they needed. And they each of those three principal, principal characters had another uh, had two characters on either side of them, um, like enabling them to take what they want or seize what they want and not to grow towards what they need. And then they had one character on the other side prodding them to grow towards what they need. And uh, I almost wonder if the structure of these episodes is kind of doing something similar. Um, a lot of the drama in G Gundam and in shows like um, like Yu-Gi-Oh, for example, or stories like Yu-Gi-Oh, um, which is another tournament thing, is like you have all these characters you can enjoy, but one of them really needs to win because their stakes are the most important, but everybody else kind of needs to win too. And um, it just makes the stakes more interesting and it makes it more dramatic because every battle, every fight uh, really counts for something because it's bringing people closer to their dreams or not. Um, and sometimes it's shattering people's dreams and that really stinks, especially when you grow attached to those characters. So to kind of bring these two, uh, I don't know if they're disparate concepts or not, uh, but bring these two ideas together, um, let's look at each character and talk about what they want and what they need um, and how their uh, wants and needs conflict with each other. So Domun wants to wake up his brother, or no, <laughs> wants to wake up his father. In order to do that, he needs to uh, win the Gundam fight. He needs to um, defeat Kyoji and, or capture him and defeat the Dark Gundam. Um, 
which those things, in order to get what he wants, uh, he has to do what he needs to do, which is a rather simplistic way of putting it. Um, but maybe he's, maybe Domun needs more than that. Maybe he needs to accept that there's more to life than seeking his revenge and getting that goal. And maybe there's more to the story than he understands. Uh, just like with Andrew, uh, he wants revenge against Argo and he's willing to kill him and then basically die and he says that he's shaming Norma, and he realizes at the end of the episode that he's acting like Argo was, or like he thinks Argo was, and um, he probably needs to let go, and he needs to really mourn her loss, and heal from what happened, and let go of his need or want to kill um, to kill Argo to get his revenge. Argo wants to free his friends who have been captured. They were captured in that same incident from five years ago that ended up killing um, killing uh, Norma Graham and uh, he needs to win the Gundam fight so he needs to defeat Domun he needs to defeat uh, what's his name the guy Andrew Graham and um, yeah, that's what he needs to do in order to, to be free um, and I guess really he wants to be free but in order to be free he needs to win this fight and I think that's a little sloppier again I, I'm not sure these are structured uh, with that structure uh, in mind and like, I don't know who's enabling Domun and who's, you know, stopping him or, or pushing him towards what he needs to do. Because, uh, well, I guess it's almost like his foes push him towards what he needs and maybe Rain kind of enables him. I, I don't know. It's hard to say. There's an exchange between Rain and Domun in the beginning of the episode where she wants to go sightseeing and he ch- uh, chides her for that. He yells at her. He's being a real jerk to her. And he's saying that basically she doesn't have skin in the game. Domun basically tells her that he's done with her because she's not as serious about the mission as he is, and he frames it as if he has no choice but to do what he's been tasked to do and what he's chosen to do. And she leaves, and she feels like she's done with him, and she frames it in such a way, or she, she makes a remark that, like, she didn't join him, or to the effect, she makes a remark to the effect that she didn't join him because she wanted to. So... Uh, Rain, I think, feels she needs to stick by Domun's side and help him. Uh, but I don't know what she wants. Does she want to be free? Does she want to be uh, free of guilt? Does she just want to see him happy again? I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing. And, like, there's not enough context for the characters given here, uh, at least over the, the course of the show so far. So we'll kind of have to follow that where it goes. It's easier with a movie, I think, because it's so much... Uh, it's such a more compact story format that you can really um, see those things and you have to be careful not to, you know, waste time and, and the like. And then, like, characters like Nastasha, I don't feel like she really fits in... Like, she's probably more of a, a storytelling cog to push Argo towards something or to, to pull him towards uh, something. So maybe she's, you know, two sides of the same thing. Maybe, uh, simul- well, maybe she's, uh, you know, coaxing him to win, pushing him to win, uh so that he can free his friends, and then, you know, which is the, the need that he wants. Um, and then, uh, wait, how does that work? She, one of them enables and one of them pushes the character. So who is Argo being pushed towards, or what is Argo being pushed towards? Like, he literally needs to be, he's got a bomb strapped to his chest, so he kind of needs to be free. So maybe, you know, th- this isn't how the story was structured, um, 
or maybe it wasn't fully structured in that way, or maybe it was only really structured that way for Doe Moon and Rain, um, and you know maybe to some extent Andrew and the way uh, that Andrew's story plays out is to parallel Doe Moon's because I do think there is a parallel between Andrew and Doe Moon's story beyond the fact that uh, Andrew almost took Rain away from Doe Moon, so to speak, like Argo had taken uh, Norma away from Andrew. I don't want to get too much into spoilers, but um, you know that comment Domun makes about never having happiness again once everything's been taken away from you or, or whatever it was. Don't remember now. I started talking about this like 15 minutes ago, so I don't remember. Um, but uh, like Domun is trapped by his past, and he's unable to move forward. And uh, I kind of think the reason he's so unkind to Rain at times is because. He's so, and not that I excuse it and think it's good, but uh, I think he's just like trapped in that pain. And he um, talks about Kyoji with such anger and hatred that I think he really does want revenge on Kyoji for what happened. And uh, I don't think, you know, obviously, I don't think what happened, um, what Kyoji did was good, but at the same time, uh, like, Doman holds such hatred for him that I think he's kind of consumed by it. And uh, I think we can see what being consumed by your hatred um, and grief can cause you to do because uh, Andrew thought of himself at the end when he was hanging there about to die that, oh no, I've like dishonored Norma or she'd be upset with me because I've become what I've hated for all this time and I've hated this you know, for her sake or because of her, I've held all this hatred in my heart towards Argo. And uh, maybe there's a lesson in there for Domon. I think it's definitely a lesson he's not ready to learn, and I think it's a lesson um, that the show's not really ready to um, to put out there. Um, but again, I've seen the show, so I know a little bit about you know what's going on, even though I'm trying to take things as they come. Uh, but just kind of an interesting thing, I guess, looking forward to the future. And uh, here's another parallel or layering of meaning. Um, just kind of work through it here. Uh, Domun and Andrew are both consumed by feelings of revenge and hatred towards a man that they're now pursuing in order to set things right in their opinion. Uh, Argo feels, uh, you know, he's trying to free his men, but he, he, you know, I don't know if he actually said this to Andrew, or what, because it's it was all voiceover and it was over action and panning of people doing stuff. Um, but Argo basically says, I'm going to win this Gundam fight to free my guys, my crew, and until I do, I will not be running or hiding, and Andrew, you're more than welcome to come for me and try to take my life. And I don't know what that is. Is that Argo feeling guilt or... Norma being dead? Uh, does he accept responsibility? Does he want Andrew to be able to have somebody to like put that on uh, to deal with his grief? Like, I'm really not sure what that's all about. Um, but I think it's interesting, and I know I feel like it's kind of telling. Um, I was gonna say I think it definitely makes uh, Argo out to be more mature, and I think Argo is 
well, definitely like way older than Domer, I would guess. And I would think that uh, Andrew is younger than Argo, but not by much. And it's probably like, you know, Domo and Argo, or Domo and Andrew and Argo, maybe by like five years, uh, five year gap in between each or something. Um, that wouldn't really surprise me. And it's not like G Gundam is about growing up. Like, it's not that kind of show. Um, but I don't know. There's something there. There feels like, it feels like there's something instructive and useful there in that, you know, look at Domoon and Andrew are on one side of this thing, one side of this event, and then, um, I guess Argo kind of might even, uh, pair or line up with Parallel in some way, uh, Kyoji, because, um, there are older people who wronged these younger people who are now seeking revenge against them, and, uh, you know, we don't really know what Kyoji's doing, but Argo's kind of, he's saying, like, I'm not hiding and I'm ready to accept my fate. Um, it's not something I'm going to run away from until a certain point. So, I don't know. Or maybe, rather, uh, referencing Rain saying that she, you know, didn't choose to be with Domun, but she's sticking with him in his mission for a certain reason. Um, maybe she's kind of accepted something along the lines of Argo, that she is stuck in something because she feels like she has to do it, and, uh, you know, she'd rather quit and rather not put herself, you know, in danger or, uh, at, you know, to be the recipient of Domun's anger or mistreatment or whatever, but she feels like she has to for some higher purpose. Anyway, I think I did, uh, pretty, give a pretty good description of what each character was like in this episode, so I'm not going to do that. Um, I'll just run through a few things just for, I don't know, for form, to, to be pro forma. Um, so, uh, there was an unofficial bout between Neo-Canada's, um, Lumber, no, oops, <laughs> Grizzly Gundam, and, uh, Neo-Japan's, you know, Shining Gundam, and, uh, it was a draw, yeah, it was a draw, and Argo was involved, and he was gonna fight, and then he couldn't, because <laughs> Tomoon interrupted, um, and there had even been a little spat between, uh, Grizzly and Shining Gundam earlier in the episode, and then, uh, you know, of course, Rain gets captured by, by Andrew. Um, the funny thing is she's gotten captured a couple times, and uh, when they show her at, at Andrew's place, his cabin, she just looks so irritated. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, and then, you know, one thing I didn't mention about her, but she was really brave in jumping on to um, his Gundam, onto Grizzly Gundam, and then climbing inside of the cockpit, and, like, you know, obviously she knows her way around because she's a mechanic. Um, like, that was really brave of her, and that was really cool. And it was interesting because she was like, look, you've involved me so far. And, like, you're trying to leave. I'm going to stick with you, dang it. Um, almost kind of like her and Domun where she's been involved with him for, you know, the past few months working on this uh, this whole mission. And he tells her to go away. Um, but she's saying, like, no, nah, I'm going to stick with you and I'm going to do this. And then, like, you know, Domun is so remorseful about her being in danger. And uh, he even offers to get disqualified and give up on his father um, and on... Well, maybe Kyoji, but for sure on freeing his father uh, if he fails to win and become Gundam of Gundams. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. I don't know what that means or where that feeds in, but maybe when I'm going back over this later, it'll it'll come to me and, and really click. 
Anyway, I feel like I'm starting to blather, so I'm going to cut myself short. Uh, Rain didn't get to use any cool gadgets today, although she did use her mechanic and uh, engineering and hacking skills to force her way into the cockpit with Andrew, which was pretty cool. Um, and then he gut punches her and knocks her out. Uh, by the way, I've seen the gut punch to knock somebody out. I've never been punched in the gut like that, um, but I've seen it in tokusatsu, so live-action stuff, and anime. And... Uh, is that, like, a real thing? I don't think I've ever seen that in any American cartoons. I've seen someone get, like, punched in the face and clocked or, you know, hit on the back of the head or whatever to get knocked out, but never, like, in the gut. So, yeah, maybe I'll look into that and report back on the next episode. Anyway, uh, so she didn't use any gadgets. Oh, but here's a Lost in Translation thing that I kind of let slip earlier. Grizzly Gundam is actually Lumber Gundam. Not that it really matters. It's just kind of funny. I, I kind of think it's funny because I don't quite understand why they would change the name. I don't see anything offensive about saying Lumber Gundam as opposed to Grizzly, but maybe Grizzly just sounds better. He kind of does a uh, a bear hug on Domoon, so maybe that's why. Uh, oh, let me give you the review part. I really like this episode. Obviously, the more I talked about it, I, I, I talked about the episode for almost uh, as long as the runtime of the episode, so it must have been pretty good, especially because it wasn't complaints. It was me contemplating like the depths of like the uh, the goodness the depths of the skill that went into writing it. So, yeah, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, but that's all I have to say for now. So, folks, remember to go out there and grasp happiness.